Bad news, everybody. Hillary Clinton has got the vid. Yeah, she's quarantining now, and she's asked for recommendations on Twitter for some movies she can watch while she was there, and Twitter was happy to oblige. For example, Debbie recommended 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Uh, Alex thought the Clinton affair would be a good choice. I, I don't know. Lewis uh, picked the miniseries, American Crime Story, Impeachment. Mm. Brandon went back to the 90s, found primary colors, and Adwait went with the subtle yet brilliant suggestion of the intern. Guys, those are all really insensitive picks, and I don't think Hillary Clinton would enjoy any of those. I'm very disappointed in all of you. Wouldn't she rather spend her time watching something a bit more progressive? Wait until you hear about the latest ultra-woke project that Disney has in store. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. We've got a Glenn Beck special tonight, you know, and he's going to be here to talk about that and talk about Walt Disney as well, because that's what we're going to talk about here in just a second. Taliban has banned higher education for women. What a shock. We'll give you the details on that. But we start by doing Disney. Maybe before we get to Disney, I want to bring you back to just a moment that highlights exactly where we are. We have a group of nine people on the Supreme Court. These are the people who have risen to the heights of legal achievement. These are people that can argue anything. They understand they can detect holes in your argument at any time. They can talk their way out of anything, right? These are people who are skilled in this field. And look at this response when our new Katanji uh, Brown Jackson was asked a very, very simple question that a four-year-old could answer. Listen to her response. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. No? You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. <laughs> Only a biologist can answer a question like that. Look, I mean, you know, if someone asks you if it's raining, I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. What are the ingredients of mac and cheese? I don't know. I'm not a chef. What's two plus two? I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. Who could possibly know the crazy answers to these very difficult questions? I, uh, I feel like that's something that maybe the people at the top of our legal profession should be able to nail. Considering especially the word woman is in all sorts of laws uh, it's in all sorts of previous rulings. There's a lot of, how are you going to judge a discrimination case against a woman if you don't know what a woman is? You can't define it. Bizarre, bizarre time. This is, you know, watching stuff like this, when you think about it, is really bad for the country, but good politically for conservatives, at least right at this moment. This is a situation that is smacking people in the face. I think for the first time, we're really having those legitimate two plus two equals five moments. I remember hearing about that story from, you know, and reading 1984 back in the day and thinking to myself that, you know, this is an interesting book, but that could never happen, right? No one's gonna say two plus two is five. Everyone knows it's four, it'll always be four. This is a good, a good book, but it's not realistic. It, was it? I think maybe it really was realistic. Look at where we are. You remember that picture of Leah Thomas standing as she got her medal, towering like she's a freaking giant next to these tiny little women who had to compete with her. And everyone's like, no, that's right. That's not a, it's not a guy swimming against two women. That's just three women up there, and that happens to be the best woman. 
And we're all supposed to, and if you don't do it, you get punished. Let me give you an example of this, because I think we're, we're, we're not that far away from arguing about gravity at this point. Uh, let me give you this. Natasha Ward, she's an actress on Station 19. It's a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. She decided to comment on the Leah Thomas situation. She said, we need to have this conversation. Supporting trans freedom does not mean it's okay to violate the rights of biological women. Pretending that trans women are not men who have a biological advantage and therefore place an undue burden on biological women is make-believe, and it is not science nor fact. When your truth trumps the truth and forces me to pretend that it's not a lie, we have a very real problem. In the long run, women will have to take illegal substances in order to beat men, identifying as women in women's sports. Ultimately, pushing women out of the upper echelons of elite sports entirely as we biologically cannot compete apart from enhanced substances. Forcing women to endanger their health. That is science. That is fact. Your truth is not the truth when it infringes upon fact and places an undue burden which displaces my rights. We have gone too far. Now, look. It's pretty obvious how she feels about this, feels pretty passionate about it, but that's not a bomb-throwing response. It's not hatred. It's not hate-filled. It's not transphobic. It's just saying, like, look, if we're going to have women's sports, we have to have women playing the sports, or it doesn't make any sense. Kind of obvious, right? Not at all, apparently. Paris Barclay is the executive producer of Station 19, the show the other woman was on. She says, Station 19 is a fictional place, but I'm a real person, so I'll comment. There's two sides to this argument. The side of love, understanding, empathy, and support. And the side of bigotry, ignorance, misinformation, and transphobia. Ms. Natasha Ward, you are on the wrong side. I, uh, quick question is a little bit of a sidebar from this argument. <laughs> Maybe we're getting a little far afield here, but yeah, notice how the word empathy is always included in this. Like, you got to feel empathy. Well, you keep telling us it's the most normal thing in the world and they're finding their truth. What, what on earth do we need to feel empathy for? You keep telling us everything is great and fine and normal and perfect. Why would we need to feel empathy for that? I don't quite understand that. It's just another intersection uh, crash in the middle of the intersection of narratives. Uh, it's a sad, sad place because cars are constantly going through and none of them watch the lights and they constantly collide into each other all the time. Disney uh, is really the focus of what we're supposed to be talking about today, no matter how far off of a sidebar I go. And Disney is trying to appease the woke mob. This is what they do and have done for a while. And Disney went down some weird roads. We remember the Gina Carano situation where uh, she was fired for absolutely nothing. And they, there was a lot of pushback to that. There was talk within Disney that maybe they should try to adopt a more neutral position when it comes to politics. Instead of being advocates and activists for certain positions, Disney should just step back and say, look, we got, some, we got a, a giant talking mouse. Uh, go see him at the park if you want. Here's some, uh, some movies. Most of them will probably suck, but there's going to be a good one in there occasionally. And uh, we've got the Sports Channel. We've got ABC. Good night, everybody. That would be kind of a sane way of doing business. They don't need to be pushing for a liberal uh, position politically. And honestly, I don't expect them to push for a political or a conservative one either. I don't need Disney telling me uh, how much they hate abortion either. Right. Like, let us talk about that in our away from Disney time. That doesn't need to be, uh, you know, a sort of conversation we have standing next to Donald Duck. It's not the way we need to do it. So 
uh, there was this employee revolt because they decided they didn't want to talk out about these issues. They didn't talk about the don't say gay bill, obviously fraudulently named. And because they didn't do that, the employees revolted. The CEO came out and said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, 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 we should have said more about this here. Let me how much how do I what's the fine here? How do I buy myself out of the situation? Is five million dollar donation to some trans charity or what, what do you what do you want to hear right now? That was basically how they responded. And of course, it's never going to be good enough. The. The goal of, of a, an extortion payment like that is not to make the organization stop making unfair accusations against, uh, against companies. It's to make them stop attacking you right now. Move on to another company. Can you try CBS or something? Can you find a problem with, I don't know, Nickelodeon? There's only like three companies, so I don't know who's, who's owning what these days, honestly. I mean, Nickelodeon and CBS might be owned by Disney at this point. I haven't checked the news today. But I will say, like, this is a, uh, it's just an extortion payment. It's just, don't, just go away. Target someone else. When they all pay up, you can come back to us and we'll give you another payment. That's sort of the arrangement of these companies, and it's really pathetic. There's no real way for Disney to win this battle unless they develop a spine, which is never going to happen. Now, Disney is going to be creating more gay content for children. That's the headline. Employees for the corporation staged a walkout on Tuesday in protest of the Don't Say Gay bill. Uh, And um, the LGBT task force has been formed over at Disney. Because that's what you need when you got a company that is most well known for talking mouse. You need an LGBT task force. So they're going to be putting more products out to target the quote unquote youngest viewers of Disney. Now, the oldest viewers of Disney are like 15. So what are the youngest ones? We're talking about really young kids here. Gabrielle Union is uh, starring now in a new woke version of cheaper by the Dozen. Now, you might remember Cheaper by the Dozen back in the day. It was made initially in like 1950, and then it was remade with Steve Martin in the early 2000s-ish. It's a movie about parents with 12 kids, okay? Well, the new version has a couple of changes in it. Just a couple. Uh, It's, first of all, being lauded by critics. It's got a 38% rating on the tomato meter, but 29% from audiences, so... Really, really promising. Here's the, uh, the poster for the movie. And, you know, I'm not going to count here on the screen, but what you'll notice, first of all, is they only have 10 kids, which the whole movie is supposed to be about having 12 kids. Uh, you'll notice, uh, I guess if you count the two parents, there's 12, but that's not how the movie's supposed to work. Uh, and you'll notice it's not like the original. The original was uh, a mother having 12 babies, and uh, over time, and they had a big family. This is a mixed family. It's, you know, some kids from one marriage, some kids from another, some kids are adopted. They're all different. It's the whole, all the different colors of the rainbow. As we used to joke, it's like a Benetton ad. Now Benetton, I think, is probably out of business by now. And their philosophy is the only philosophy that's acceptable. That one turned around on us at one point. Here is uh, the opening credits. I thought you might enjoy this little nugget. Opening credits of uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. Beautiful, nice little house there. Now, first of all, clean up your freaking lawn, okay? You get toys all over your lawn. Pick up the damn toys. None of them look like they're used. They all look brand new, but they're out on the lawn in this high-quality movie. But can we zoom in a little bit on that window? What is that window? There's something yellow in that window. Oh, a Black Lives Matter. 
a Black Lives Matter sign in the window of Cheaper by the Dozen in the opening credits gives you a little preview of what might be coming. Also, um, apparently there's a lot to hate. <laughs> Uh, uh, and uh, I, I guess like you kind of go through this movie, you see all of their references to hate speech and everything. I got to tell you about some of these. This one's funny, though, too. Uh, if you own a diner that serves breakfast all day, you got to have right behind you to remind you to resist hate. Because if you don't have a resist hate sign in your diner, you might just who knows how much you'll hate that bacon. You will hate the bacon. You will hate the eggs. You will hate the English muffins. Uh, resist the hate, Disney uh, says. Now, look. At some level, of course, obviously we all understand you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't hate. Of course, black lives do very much matter as uh, equally, not more, not less, equally to white lives or Asian lives or any other life, uh, except for babies. Obviously, babies' lives don't matter whatsoever. Uh, but when you talk about uh, people's lives mattering, they all matter. They would not put an all lives matter uh, sign, of course, in the window because that would be, I think, hateful if you follow this. Now, just to give you, I just want to walk you through this because you might have kids and you might be saying, you know, I don't know. Shut up, kid. Watch a movie or something. And they walk over to Disney Plus and they click down and they click on uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. Let me give you a little taste. Other than resisting hate and Black Lives Matter signs, here's some of the wonderful plot in the movie. Oh, spoiler alert. Because <laughs> in case you're planning to watch it, you might not know. The dogs are named Bark Obama and Joe Biden. Get it? Bark and bite? J Bark Obama and Joe Biden. And by the way, uh, Bark Obama is a black Rottweiler and Joe is a light brown Chihuahua. There you go. Um, so at one point, a babysitter is there uh, talking to uh, the kids. Now remember, this is a movie aimed at young children. Hey, what are you guys playing? Kids are riding their bikes. Drag race! Babysitter. Oh, great. I love RuPaul. First of all, terrible joke. But second of all, you're making drag queen references in the middle of a Disney movie? Really? Yeah, that's where we are. The amount of product placement in this movie will shock even the most capitalist instinct in you. To the point of, there are honest orange juice boxes uh, almost everywhere in this movie. It, I, I think the house is made out of them. They actually built the house out of honest orange juice boxes. So that, you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, the family moves into a giant house in a swanky neighborhood and all the kids are running around and hitting each other with pool noodles and screaming. And what you'd expect, family 12, ha, 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 it's really, really funny. The neighborhood security guard arrives to tell them there's a strict noise policy. Now, any of that could have happened in any of the, the original versions of this movie, right? And it's very typical. The crazy kids, hey, wait a minute, kids, calm down, calm down. However, Gra Gabrielle Union, who's the wife uh, in this movie, uh, she is African-American. Zach Braff is the husband. He's white, so it's a, it's a, it's two, it's a mixed marriage here. Um, Gabrielle Union immediately, of course, implies that the reason she's getting in trouble is because the person, uh, the security guard in the neighborhood is racist. Um, tells them uh, she's, they're racist for um, uh, moving, uh, kind of uh, harassing them as they move in. And then he is shamed to roll away in a Segway. All right, how about the pool scene? This is a great one. They're at the pool. Uh, black wife, white husband. Uh, she, uh, she says, no, and no one said a word to either of them at this point. She says, I just feel like we don't belong here. He says, oh, of course we belong here. Then she says, 
You belong here. You belong everywhere. Oh, come on, he replies. She says, no, you come on. Believe it or not, I don't share the same sense of privilege that you do, that I could just go anywhere and automatically belong. This is a mental freaking illness, boys and girls. That's what this is. If you think this way, you're nuts. Okay, no one cares about where you are. Nobody, nobody cares. There's four people in hoods in Charlottesville who care. Nobody else cares. Get it out of your head. It's not real. Nobody cares if you show up at the pool. Nobody. Don't worry about it. We love to have you at the pool. Go swimming. Don't accuse our security guards of harassment if you can help it. But just go swimming. Have some fun. Let's move on with our lives. So. She says, oh, the the privilege, the privilege, the privilege. And he says, well, look, I don't feel that way. And she says, name one time in your life that you didn't belong. His reply, really? Okay, how about that time your father took me to the barbershop in Inglewood and they gave me Jerry Curl? Or how about when your mom, uh, we went to your mom's church and everyone stared at me the entire time? Um, (laughs) Now, I love that they're coming up with a fictional scene to prove racism and they can't even prove racism in the fictional scene. Uh, There's also this one, which I think is fun. Uh, Gabrielle Union, uh, the African-American wife, warns their children of uh, of color about playing with their toy space ray guns inside the house only. Because if you play outside, it's not safe. You never know when a white police officer could come by and see a little black child with a gun and immediately take him out. Because there's so many stories of space gun directed murder of children in this country. It's an absolute epidemic. Say their names. If you don't remember all the children with space guns who have been killed in their nice swanky uniform by security guards on segways, then you are not paying attention. This is insanity and it's so far away from the original vision of what Disney was supposed to be. Luckily today, I happen to have uh, the Blazes uh, Disney historian, one Glenn Beck. He is coming up to talk to us about how Disney went wrong. Next. Did you know 60% of all U.S. pork production comes from one company? And it's owned by our good friends, the Chinese. Yes, we love them. Of course, their uh, hogs are given feed additives that are banned in 160 countries, including China, which is kind of strange, yet you get it in the grocery store every day. Look, there's a better way. Uh, if you want to eat some meat, you got to have moink. Moink is the best meat. It's moo plus oink together. Moink. Moink delivers grass-fed fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork, chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, their meat tastes better. That's just how this works. Um, you know you know me. I, uh, as Americans, America's only conservative vegetarian, I don't eat that much meat. But I will say, my family does, and I cook it for them on the grill, and they love it. They love the moink meat more than they love anything else because it's better. They like it more, it tastes better, and it's better for them as well. Plus, you're helping family farms stay independent, which is really important as well. Go to moinkbox.com stew. Right now, listeners to the show get free uh, filet mignon for a year. That's, that's pretty amazing. Free filet for a year. It's moinkbox.com slash stew, M-O-I-N-K box.com slash stew. Check it out now, moinkbox.com slash stew.
Uh, welcome, uh, Glenn Beck. He is here. Uh, his next special is coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern, right after this program. I mean, that was really the way to introduce. Thank you. You come out I'm of not... the commercial break, you are, you're <laughs> loaded, and you're like, Dah. I'm not, like, like convinced I'm excited about this, that I'm supposed to feign it. So, <laughs> All right, okay. okay. The uh, How Ukraine's Crisis Will Usher in a Digital Dollar Disaster. Be sure to stay tuned. Glenn, how's it going? I'm sensing a theme with my shows. Yeah. Disaster seems to be capitalized <laughs> yeah. in most of your titles. Yeah. Or catastrophe. Yeah. You have a bunch of, you have like a thesaurus just turned to that page. <laughs> That's exactly and just right. like inserting all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of catastrophes, I talked about Disney <laughs> today mm -hmm. uh, in the monologue. And you are the Disney guy around here. You love Disney. You've love always Disney. loved them. Love Walt Disney. Love what he wanted to create. Love what he did create. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I love Walt Disney. Before we get into the downfall here, can you take us back to the beginnings? What did he want to create? Because I think I don't think people have any idea what he actually okay, wanted. Okay, so he just wanted to. He was a newspaper cartoonist, and the first thing he wanted to do was make uh, film. He wanted to make a cartoon. Um, he made a silent. The first Mickey is actually a silent, um, but then. Uh, that was delayed because sound came out, and so he wanted to make Mickey Mouse with sound. So the first one, not released, you know, in mm. order, first one was shelved so Steamboat Willie could come out. He wanted to break the rules on things. Mickey Mouse became huge. He wanted to make movies, real movies, really studying things. Bambi uh, came out. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was his first. But he studied. He made, I mean, he would bring animals into the art department. I mean, he wanted to break mm. all of the traditions and do something spectacular. The war hit, his studio was taken over for the war. Um, uh, the unions uh, started boycotting him. Um, and once the unions hit him, he was never really the same. He really kind of gave up on the Walt Disney company itself as a movie company. Um, and you can kind of see that. The last one he was really into was um, Sleeping Beauty. Um, and after that, he, he just didn't want anything more to do with it. And so he started doing the theme park, and he mm -hmm. wanted to make a theme park. He did the theme park, but that's not really what he had in mind. He saw that, and he was like, wait a minute. I think there's something here about a city. And when, when he designed... Um, Walt Disney World, it first didn't have the Magic Castle and Disneyland in it. Uh, Roy made him do that because Roy said, we got to make money. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. He wanted just to build Epcot, which was the experimental prototype city of tomorrow. And it, it, it is the, it's genius. It, today, it's genius. Um, and I think he saw what's happening now. I think he saw the, bro uh, the breakdown of the cities. He saw that we were... We were building cities that were just kind of this bridge between two worlds, even now more so. Um, and he wanted to build these cities all over. He said it was the most important thing that he ever wanted to do um, or that the most important thing of his life. And he never did it. The, the other thing is um, everybody claims they loved Walt Disney. Hollywood hated Walt Disney. Um, mm. the, the newspapers were all snobs. He's a cartoon guy. Um, they, they did not like him or wish him well. Hollywood didn't like it because he didn't like the unions. And the reason why all of his movies had like Kurt Russell in it is because he had a small pool of actors 
that would go against, if you worked for Disney, you didn't work for anybody else. Mm. And it, Gosh, it's so hard to believe, yeah. Uh, yeah. especially he back was, then. Yeah, he was trying to break up the studio system. And uh, so if you were working for him, no other studio wanted you. And now they've turned into the, the studio machine. system. They've turned yeah. into the organization that's going to yeah. cast you aside and ban you and blacklist you yeah. for the things you believe. It's, you know, we're really discovering... Big is not always better, mm. you know? Um, these companies have gotten so big, and in, in the case of Disney, they just handed the entire company over to the employees. I mean, it is out of control now. The CEO is not in charge of, of Disney. He's, he's being held hostage uh, by the cast members now. And because, because he's not... I think everyone now looks at Disney and thinks, oh, they're just a bunch of crazy, like, left woke people. The CEO is not really that, right? Like, he was at well, least Well, he's not. So I, I wouldn't say that he's a Texas conservative. <laughs> right, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, sure, but sure. But for that role? Yeah, for Hollywood. He is a mm-hmm. conservative. Really? Yeah. For that. For, for that For role. Hollywood. Right. You know, for Hollywood. Um, and he just wanted to take the company and just say... Let's make movies. Did you, by the way, see, uh, who was it? Was it Mark Andreessen uh, from, uh, is it Coinbase, mm-hmm. that, that kicked and said, you're fired? Yeah, uh, to, to, to get rid of all the people who were talking politics. Yeah, yeah he's One not way the CEO. He was a big investor in Coinbase, but the Coin, Coinbase is the right company okay. that did that. Yeah. So the CEO of Coinbase came out and said, did you see the t- Twitter feed? He said, it's been a year, came out yesterday, mm. been a year. Best decision I've ever made. Really? He said, we are so much more efficient. We are, we're rocketing. Everything is going really well. And the staff is happy. Well, you know, because those are the things you were supposed to avoid. I mean, there was that don't talk religion or politics and polite company, right? That, yeah. that was always, and I understand that, like, that, that, that's just a generalization. But when it becomes the entire focus of your company, the reporting is that Disney went into this and said, look, We've seen some of the, the hiccups we've had in the past with this. Let's just not talk about it. Let's just let's just make great entertainment for families and Correct. do our thing. And now I don't buy that that's what they were doing, at least to my standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was rejected by the employees to the point that they revolted. I mean, they they, they, well, they walked out. They walked out. And I would say don't let the Disney door hit you in the ass on the way out. <laughs> I, would have that, I would have celebrated. Okay, good. Now we don't have to fire them. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, the, uh, uh, the problem is, is that instead of saying that, he gave them more power by saying, okay, we're going to make gay-friendly content for children now. Which is what every parent has been screaming for. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. Yeah, uh, actually. Uh, so, you talked about the original vision of, of Disney and, and Epcot, the city of uh, experimental protocol city, city of tomorrow. experimental prototype city of tomorrow, okay. community of tomorrow. Um, and what's interesting about that, because you have the the original design, right? Uh, I mean, I've seen the the blueprint. It's it's incredible. Yeah. That he just left behind at a meeting somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. But a big part of that planning for the average person in the city of tomorrow was community. 
it was not built around giant skyscrapers. It was not built around, you know, big, even expansive suburbs where everyone had gigantic yards and no one ever talked to each other. It, it like, was all about community. How? All of the houses were facing each other with a park in between. And then there was the what was called the Wedway, you know, those cars that constantly run in, you know, in yeah. Disneyland or mm -hmm. Disney World in the future section to the land of tomorrow. There were stairs that would go up and then you would just get onto the Wedway and that would take you into the into the center of the city. Mm -hmm. And he had it was all built in a circle and he had concentric circles uh, all the way, but it was all linked so there was no real traffic, no street traffic, because all of the traffic was underneath the ground. But all of the houses faced each other with this park and had very small backyards because he, he thought we shouldn't be in our backyard. The way he grew up is you'd sit on the porch in the sun and, mm. you know, and all the kids would be playing. And so it was just giant park out front. So the neighbors would get to know each other. And then you so you didn't drive into your driveway at the front of your house. No, you would. I think you could have there was a driveway behind everybody's house yeah. in the alleyway and you could park behind. But there was really no space behind the house. It was all in front and everything was made to be community to bring people together um, and it's it's it was a remarkable design I wish they would have made it how much uh, how much of our problems today are a result of us kind of taking a lot of these discussions on into an, an anonymous place like social media as opposed to actually talking to people in our community knowing your neighbors who might have different views and talking that stuff out well a lot of our problems socially are caused by that. Um, but our problem is the opposite politically. For instance, um, we've known, I've just listened to a, an expert on the dollar um, getting ready for this show just a couple of days ago, and I'm listening to him explain what happened in 08, 9, 10, 11, 12, all those days that I said, this is going to collapse. This is, they're going to print money. And it's not going to be able to hold. Do you remember I talked about Moody's downgrading us and others are going to drop the dollar? Mm -hmm. That was all conspiracy theory. Listening to him, because he was there, he documented everything. That's exactly what was happening. But they didn't talk about it. No one in the global finance community wanted to talk about it because they needed a plan. So now... They're coming out and saying, we've got to study this and we have to have a bill passed in the next six months and we're going to talk to everybody. That's all done. Now they're just bringing the sheep along. That's the problem is most of our problems are because things are so big, giant corporations and giant global, you know, globalist uh, looking at the whole thing and not including the average person at all and it, it won't work it won't work things get too big like disney and it'll work for a while until your people revolt and that's what's happening with disney now um so your book the great reset which is actually available you can buy it yeah uh in stores yeah in hardcover which is amazing um the book talks about how to push back against this. I mean, certainly all these problems that we're talking about 
are described in detail in the book. And it is, you've talked about it as the sort of uh, the key that unlocks uh, all these questions. Um, you understand the world. What do you do, though? How can you, how can you stop this? It's it seems all, you, too big. You can't. You can't. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> That's not what I expected. No, I you, thought we were, sort of like, we were going to get yeah. an answer here. No, I don't think we can stop it. We can delay it. Um, we can thwart it. Um, but I don't think you can stop it cold in its tracks. Portions of it will continue. Mm. Um, but if states would stand up and cities would stand up, they have the power to do it right now. Soon they won't have the power. Um, you know, I love all these legislatures and, and uh, governors who are like, we'll pick this up next year. Really? Will you? Will you pick it up next year? You know what the world can look like? A year from now? I think we've learned that lesson the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so really the thing to do is really start, I don't know if I've said this on the air, but I've, I've prayed for two things. One, to be able to see the things he wants me to see and share, mm-hmm. okay? Be able to put this picture together and share it so people are warned. The other is how do we... How do we financially prepare? And part of that prayer, most of that prayer has been like, what do I do? So I have some resources left to be able to help. And uh, I've been thinking like most people on what do I do? And uh, I was in the shower about three weeks ago and I was praying and and uh, man, I got chastised hard. And I said, what are people going to need? Because that's what you have to think for your finances what are people going to want? What are they going to want? Okay, when things go down, are they going to want art? Are they going to want what? What is it they're going to want? Mm. And uh, he said, uh, I heard in my prayer, um, I can't tell you anymore what people are going to want, but I can tell you what they're going to need. You should start thinking that way. And I was really humbled and like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what that means is, uh, we're going to need each other. We're going to need um, to help each other. We're going to need food. I, you know, I talked to David Barton the other day. David doesn't believe what I believe. I mean, he believes that we're in trouble, but he doesn't believe it to the extent. I'm talking to him over the weekend. I said, what'd you do yesterday? And he said, I got a lot of strange looks at the hardware store. And I said, why? And he said, because I bought every shovel. I bought every uh, spade and hoe and all the tools I could buy. And I said, what? And he said, you know, Glenn, when this hits, what tools do you have? And where are you going to go buy them? And I thought, this is from <laughs> David Barton? <laughs> wow. Really? He's yeah. not been like that. But he, he brought up a really good point. Even if this doesn't get to apocalyptic, which I don't think it will. I think it will be bad, but it's not the apocalypse. Uh, we make it to the other side. Um, we, the, the phrase that they have all been saying, the elites have all been saying is, Americans are just going to have to do with less. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to do with less. That's true, and you better start thinking this way. Just because of the split in the world of uh, East versus West, Back in the Cold War, I don't know if you even remember, but when the wall fell, it was no big deal for us. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like we got Levi's. Right, right, you know what I mean? Right, we didn't right. need anything from the Soviet Union. Right. This is China and India 
and probably Taiwan and uh, mm. and Vietnam, all of these yeah. countries, okay, um, that we get stuff from oh, and yeah. need stuff from, because we're going into a Cold War, if they're not providing those things, Americans, we are going to look back on these times as the time we could get whatever we wanted, let alone before COVID. So you're saying I'm going to regret complaining about seven months on a new car order? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, okay. right, I think good. so. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Beck, the new special is how Ukraine's crisis will usher in a digital dollar disaster. We didn't even talk about that, actually. No. So and it's really lot, important, too. <laughs> there's a lot more uh, yeah. hell, uh, apparently, that is not covered. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern is right after this show. Make sure to check it out. BlazeTV.com slash do. Enter the promo code SUE to uh, save 10 bucks. Glenn, thanks Thank for coming you. on. You bet. Uh, try, I got to talk about your company. Can we talk about your company? Yeah, for a second? go ahead. Whatever. It's, it's, uh, it's Mercury Real Estate. Uh, and of course, realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're trying to buy or sell a home these days, you know, it can be incredibly challenging. You know, uh, you want a real estate agent that knows what they're doing. This is sort of, a, sort of a rule for every transaction that you have. You should do it with someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, but for every other transaction, like you're going to invest your money. You'll at least do some homework on that. <laughs> right. When it, here's our biggest investment, you're like, I don't know, does anybody know a real estate agent? Yeah. Your cousin? Sure. Can he come over? <laughs> right. that is, mean, it's so weird. It's so weird. Or what we do is we go on the internet and we find the house that we like and we call the agent who's representing the house, which yeah. is like, they're That's selling the dumb, it. They're selling it. That's yeah. the dumbest idea. You don't want to do that. No. No. Find a, the best real estate agent in your area, someone who's been screened, who has the best results from around the community. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's the place to go to find that person. Thanks to our own Glenn Beck, of course. Real estate agent, uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, eternal psychopath Gavin Newsom has signed a new law. He's going to make abortions cheaper. Yeah. Oh, speaking of cheaper by the dozen, maybe they could apply that right in uh, California. That would be a fun. Maybe, maybe you buy 12 abortions, get the 13th free. Maybe we should go and start paying the women to have abortions. Since they're so wonderful, why not try to encourage this behavior even further? I can't wait for that one to come out. Car- uh, Kamala Harris has a new press secretary. Uh, apparently, the last one isn't doing such a great job. I don't know. Who was her press secretary before? Do we even know? I don't, I don't even remember. All I know is she's been getting a lot of bad press. So whatever she, that person was doing wasn't working out well. This one is Kirsten Allen. She is going to serve as Harris's new press secretary. Her former gig was the national press secretary for COVID-19 response. And that's worked out really well. I mean, remember, he was going to crush the virus and... Uh, I mean, this is like the, the only job that could be harder than defending Joe Biden on his uh, COVID-19 response would be defending Kamala Harris on anything. So this is a little bit difficult. By the way, Joe Biden, you're going to be shocked to hear, is down again in his approval rating. Stunner, I know, down to 40 percent this week, according to the Reuters uh, Ipsos poll. All time low for the president in that survey. You know, I've, I've updated this a bunch of times on the show. We've looked back at uh, past presidents and compared Biden's presidential rating, and uh, it's been very, very bad. In fact, he's been lower than every other president that was measured, with the exception of Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump, of course, came in with a low approval rating for a president even before he started. But Biden is chasing him. I think he's only one point ahead at this point. So very soon, I expect to see Joe Biden 
uh, below Donald Trump, and then we can end that qualifier. <laughs> Donald Trump, he'll be worse than every other president ever recorded. Good job, uh, Joe Biden. And if you're wondering why, sometimes people say, well, are we being fair? You know, sure, there's a lot of issues out there, but do we notice the accomplishments of Joe Biden? And sometimes we do miss them. Like, for example, when he was able to pull the American troops out of Afghanistan. That went really well. We went, we got out of there, you know, couple, there was a couple uh, minor hiccups, if I remember right, but everything went pretty smoothly and we handed it over gloriously, helpfully to the Taliban, who then came in uh, and uh, showed how open they were to things like women's education. If you remember back in the day, they had issues with that. They would keep women out of school and they wouldn't let them go to college and all these terrible things. But of course, then we saw the new refined Taliban. The new Taliban was saying all the opposite. They were saying all the right things. And the media kept playing their statements over and over again. This is a different group of people now. Well, we've been gone for a few months now, of course, and we can now check in and see on the progress. Uh, Taliban breaks promise on higher education for Afghan girls. <laughs> what? I, for one, am stunned. And I'm sure that has nothing to do with the Biden approval rating being deep, deep in the crapper. So you got to know somebody at this point who's tried CBD to help them with some uh, health condition. Uh, Nine out of ten patients apparently have tried this. And so a lot of people are getting really good results out of it. Will you be one of those people? Well, CBDistillery.com can help you with that. With over two million customers and counting, CB Distillery is the source to trust for CBD. If you have sleeping problems, they did a survey. Ninety percent of CB Distillery customers said they sleep better with CBD. If you have nagging discomfort, 80% found that customer, uh, of their customers found that CBD helped them. If you go to cbdistillery.com right now, wherever you are, uh, you can order online with no prescription required. If you enter SDA, it's a special, super-duper secret code for you. It's SDA, Stu Does America. You'll get 20% off. Right now, SDA for 20% off at cbdistillery.com. It's not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota, but don't blame me for that. That's those states, their fault. cbdistillery.com, the code is S-D-A. Wherever you are, click subscribe. We really do appreciate it. Rate and review the podcast as well. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Love it. Just enough sarcastic silliness to make the news entertaining. Five freaking stars. Every episode also on YouTube. You can comment below. Please do so. Helps us with the algorithms when you chime in. David says, thank you for not calling this episode Stu Does Kids. Yeah, yesterday was Stu Does Educational Freedom. There's a... We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stay away from Stu Does Kids. Uh, making media great again. Thanks, Stu. We appreciate that as well. Per your recommendation, I just listened to Ben Shapiro at half speed. <laughs> Sounds like he spent an afternoon with Nancy Pelosi just drinking vodka, arguing, drinking, rebutting, drinking, slurred and slowed, but still destroying. Yes, that is, I'm telling you, fun evening. A little Ben Shapiro. Slow it down. Have a couple drinks. The world starts spinning. It's, it's utterly amazing. Check it out when you get a chance. And uh, thank you for uh, subscribing and rating and reviewing the podcast. Remember, when you give a positive review to us, it not only helps this podcast, but it also hurts others. And that's the most important thing. A lot of people asked, where can they go to get all of the Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris? They're available at veepthoughts.com. 
You can share them from there. Everyone will love you with her deep, challenging, or challenged intellect. We will uh, see you tomorrow.